Time fam, welcome back to another episode of HWC. HWC, place to be. I liked your dramatic, uh, dramatic entrance there. Coming at you from the D. Oh, so good. It's our slogan, guys. <laughs> and we had Mickey D's for dinner. Oh, look at you. Keep it going. What else you got? Got a little rap freestyle star over here. Not really, not at all. <laughs> More like a Dr. Seuss rhymes. Hey, we can get down with that too. I feel like Dr. Seuss could have totally put some freestyle raps down, you know, if he was like ever challenged. I feel like he could do it. Oh, for sure. Put him on eight mile. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> Would not, could not with a fox. <laughs> Would not, could not in a box. You know what I guarantee there is? I guarantee there's a video somewhere out there of someone rapping Dr. Seuss. We'll find it and we'll see. Yep, I guarantee. And if not, maybe we maybe we should do that. Or maybe we shouldn't. I don't really know. But <laughs> but I feel like it should be a thing. Um, it is a... Is today Tuesday? What day is it? No, like? it is a Wednesday night. Okay, thank you. Do not prolong my week. So sorry. Right. Okay, even better. It's a Wednesday night. That... I was thinking Tuesday for some reason. Um, yeah, the the weather outside has been beautiful, so I thank Mother Nature for that. But Mother Nature has been ripping out my stomach, so also we're kind of on bad vibes. So that's where I'm at today. I don't know how your day's going. Uh, not bad. I worked, went to my son's lacrosse game, came home, got to see you. So I really can't complain. Yeah, definitely a good ending to my day. My day was pretty boring, as most days are. But yeah, that's a whole other freaking topic. <laughs> um, today, we are talking about uh, a really messed up man. That's what I'll say. He's a really garbage, garbaggio man. Um, I want to give a disclaimer Two, before we jump in, that this episode contains topics of, um, not even sexual, I guess sexual abuse, but like, just sexual crimes, um, along with other crimes, but I just kind of wanted to give a disclaimer in case, you know, you want to turn it off, we understand if it would be too intense, um, but yeah. I don't know what she's going to talk about, but I'm sitting here and... Just the word that's coming very blatantly on her screen is the word torture. So yeah, <laughs> that's a little bit of a preview. Yeah. Um, it's a good word to describe uh, what this guy would do. So we're going to let Crystal tell her story. Um, and we're going to listen. And hopefully somebody who is not a bad man is listening too. So what up, Dax? Oh, good. Yep, I almost forgot. Shout out. So, yeah. I guess uh, make us sad and angry. Here it comes. It will. <laughs> it will. It will come to you. Um, for some reason, not even for some reason. I just feel like so often these types of men come off in society as being like these wonderful citizens and people think that they're like the best um but yet they turn out to be the worst i don't understand why this is like such a a case that happens so often but that is definitely the case with uh the guy we're talking about today so his name is dennis radder and people really you know, viewed him as like a really normal top-notch kind of guy. They saw him as like a really good dad, a really loving husband, and he was a super faithful churchgoer. He was involved in his faith very heavily, um, and he was a really friendly neighbor. And that's just how everybody knew him and would have described him before uh, the horrendous truth came out about him. So, yeah, someone you may know who just was described like that, people have their secrets, um, and Dennis for sure had his. Um, He 
had a deadly obsession with bondage and S&M. Um, and between the years 1974 and 1991, he had killed 10 people. Um, and he was known as the infamous BTK killer. Um, and the initials BTK stand for his self-professed kind of, uh, what he would describe his methods as being, which is bind, torture, kill, which is just, ugh, it just gives me gross, nauseous vibes, even like thinking about that. Yeah, I'm more a team GTL. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I just wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, we're on board with the GTL the DTF even, if you will, as long as the D is very emphasized, you know, down, like everybody's down. This guy, the people, not everybody was down. Um, yeah, we're not into the BTK over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So prior to his arrest in February of 2005, no one really would have taken Dennis Rader for a deviant serial killer, you know, like I kind of described, people saw him in a very positive light. Um, he was born on March 9th, 1945, and he was the oldest of four brothers. He grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and he pretty much had like, you know, an average childhood, nothing super crazy, but he did claim that he became obsessed with bondage pornography at an early age and admitted to strangling cats and dogs just for some kicks. So, you know, average childhood on the exterior, but clearly some not very average on the inside of his brain. Um, and as a teenager, he was definitely a, you know, peeping Tom, and he would kind of like be the that guy who would like every chance he could get try to like watch women like undress and like just catch things and he would even steal women's underwear so he was a freaking weirdo okay from even a young age who strangles cats and dogs weirdos that's when you know i just gotta say and you know not to not to be like super like scary, scary, scare anyone out there, but if you have a child and they're strangling animals, please put your child in some therapy because it's not, their future is not looking too bright. No, it's not. <laughs> Something's wrong. Yeah, that's not normal. It's not an experimental phase. They might be a serial killer, so yeah. It's like a telltale sign, I feel like, when kids do that. If you're not for sure, go watch Dahmer. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a very great example of that. <laughs> um, so in 1966, Dennis joined the U.S. Air Force, um, and that's where he spent the next four years working as a mechanic. Um, and he had periods where he was stationed overseas. Now, once he returned to Wichita, he married a woman named Paula Dietz, and with her, he had two children, a boy named Brian and a girl named Carrie. To support his family in the early 70s, Dennis worked on an assembly line at Coleman, which was a company that employed, I guess, a lot of people in Wichita. It was just really big. And another Coleman employee was a woman, 33-year-old mother of five, named Julie Otero. Dennis began stalking Julie, and he started spying on her and her family, and he just became infatuated also with her 11-year-old daughter, Josephine. Which is just... Stalking Julie in the first place is gross, but then to, on top of it, become obsessed with her 11-year-old daughter just brings it to a whole nother gross factor. Yeah, I mean, I would just say put him down now. Yeah, seriously. Strangle him like the cats and dogs. And now you're 
being a predator to an 11 year old there's nothing good that can come out of that no nothing at all so on the morning of january 15th 1974 dennis decided to force his way inside of the Otero's family home. But he was surprised to find Julie's husband, Joseph, who was 38, and their nine-year-old son, Joseph Jr., still at home. Surprise! Um, Now, Dennis later testified, he said, after I got in the house, I lost control of it. But it was, you know, the back of my mind. I had some ideas of what I was going to do. (laughs) Sure, buddy. Just some ideas. Didn't have a full plan or anything. So he then decided to hold the family at gunpoint, tie them up, and strangle them one by one. After killing Mr. and Mrs. Otero and their son, he took 11-year-old Josephine Otero down to the basement he pulled down her pants and underwear and he hung her after she was dead he masturbated which there left crucial dna evidence behind at the scene he took a radio and mr otero's um like wristwatch as keepsakes from this crime and just walked straight out the front door like as if Nothing just happened. Oh my god, so sick. I, yeah. I mean, if that doesn't just paint the ugliest, grossest picture, this guy was like a true monster. And we're not even, we're not even done with him. So two and a half months later, Dennis decided to strike again. It like gave him some sort of thrill or excitement. I feel like that's kind of what happens with serial killers. Once they do it the first time, it like gives them some kind of like rush. And then that's what leads them down the path of doing it over and over again. So Dennis had seen 21-year-old Catherine Bright going into her house one day. And he decided to make her one of his, quote, projects or PJs, as he liked to call his potential victims. He called them PJs. I don't really know why, but that was his his nickname for people he decided he wanted to target. So coincidentally, she also worked at the Coleman plant where he worked. Now on April 4th, 1974... Dennis broke into her home while she was out, and he waited for her to return. When she did, however, she was with her 19-year-old brother named Kevin. Now, Dennis yet again held them at gunpoint and had them tie each other up. Um, And both of the siblings obviously tried to fight him off, um, but he ended up shooting Kevin, who he did get away and survived, but he did fatally stab Catherine 11 times in the torso and the back. And later, Dennis told detectives she fought like a hellcat. Which is just even, it's just sad. Because she was truly, obviously putting up a huge fight for her life. And it was just sad that, it, you know, it was unsuccessful that she did end up dying. So in October of 1974, Don Granger, a man who served on the editorial board of the Wichita Eagle newspaper, he received an anonymous phone call telling him that there was a letter hidden inside a mechanical engineering textbook at the Wichita Public Library. It was, I guess, filled with a lot of like poor grammar and a lot of misspellings, but it described the Otero killings in great detail saying quote when this monster enter my brain i will never know but it here to stay at the bottom it was signed yours truly guilty adding in its postscript the code words for me will be bind them torture them kill them btk ucb added again they will be on the next victim so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like it's a, 
obviously, like they said, you know, there were a lot of misspellings and grammar issues. But you kind of get what he's saying. Like, he's, like, almost, like, declaring, I'm this, this is me, this is my, like, almost like, you know how, like, a superhero will be like, I'm Batman, you know? He's like, I'm BTK, this is what I'm going to do. It reminds me of the story we did, and I'm sorry because my memory is not always, we do a lot. Yeah. But it was the one where he kept writing the notes on the garage door, and it was almost like it was someone who was mentally off and kept putting the notes in the baskets of the bikes of the Mm -hmm. little girl i think was it the one i can't remember her name it wasn't amber's right that's what i thought it was the she got taken on her bike okay so i'm pretty sure it was that one i could be or maybe i'm wrong but he they were thrown in the black truck and never seen again i'm the one i'm thinking of right they wrote it on a like with a crayon on a garage door and they didn't notice it until like i can't remember who that was but I know, I know what you're talking about. I can picture the... I can envision the pictures because I know that you posted pictures on it. We are sorry, people. We are... We do a lot of stories. It's late at night. But I will have an answer for you. Crystal's going to continue the story, but I will let you know. Come, there's, a, there's a lot of similarities yeah. to the... Not a lot, but... But, like, weird. The way he's talking, the way he's... Yes. Probably spelling things. The mm-hmm. it's almost like it's a grown man who still has a child's mentality. Yes, and I know I can picture exactly what you're talking about because you posted pictures of it too. But um, but yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, very very bad on the grammar. Very like he's clearly not um, super educated and clearly not mentally stable as well. So the newspaper gave the letter to the Wichita Police Department, uh, who I guess the police department decided to keep it a secret for months. And a woman named Kathy Henkel, who was a reporter for the rival Wichita Sun, she later received a copy of the letter from an unnamed source. Which I'm wondering who this person is that keeps finding these, um, these letters. Henkel told the Wichita Eagle in 2004, I felt at that time and still do that the public had a right to know this guy was still out there and stalking his victims. So on December 11th, 1974, The Sun, where she worked, published a story about the letter putting Wichita on notice that they had a serial killer on their hands. And now I see both sides to this. Like, I I understand, like, why police may have wanted to keep it a secret for months because they probably just wanted to figure it out and get on top of it before having everybody in a panic or like spewing their own conspiracy theories and making it a big deal so I get that but at the same time I also get her point of view of wanting to put the story out just so that people are aware that there's some monster doing this roaming around their area so it's kind of like a split thing where I kind of see both sides of it. Now, ironically, at the same time that his hometown was looking over its uh, shoulders in fear, you know, knowing that this serial killer was out there, Dennis was installing alarm systems in, in homes and businesses for ADT security services. So with, you know, a killer being out on the loose and everybody being paranoid and knowing about it, this Business was booming, um, so he was in a lot of people's homes and businesses. The killer himself was in their homes setting up these security systems, which is just so bonkers to think about. They say it's usually someone right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Because who would guess that it would be the guy in there setting up the... That's scary to think like, oh my gosh, he was in my house setting up. Because if he sees a potential victim and he's setting up their security system he could fuck with it to make it easy for him to break in i feel like i also seen this on a criminal mind story (laughs) right seriously (laughs) um so yeah he was working for adt but he was not very popular with his co-workers um one of his colleagues named ron sparkman 
He later told the Wichita Eagle, he says, none of us liked him. He wasn't the kind of guy that you wanted to get a beer with after work, which is kind of odd because that's very like opposite of what a lot of people described him as, you know, kind of in the beginning of how I was saying, like people saw him as a good father, husband, churchgoer, friendly, not saying that this guy wasn't saying that he was a horrible person, but maybe he just wasn't like the most, maybe he was awkward or something and people just felt like he gave weird vibes. I'm not really sure. But yeah, he, he wasn't very uh, popular with his work colleagues. So after going quiet for several years, Dennis struck again, twice actually in 1977. So he had a little bit of a break there, but then I guess he couldn't take it anymore and needed to, needed to kill more. So on March 17th, 1977, he forced his way inside of the home of a 24-year-old woman, Shirley Vian. He tied her up, he put a plastic bag over her head, and he strangled her with a rope. Her three young children were all at home during this and they were locked in the bathroom. And Dennis had intended to kill them too, but he ended up leaving in a hurry after um, Vian's phone began ringing. So I guess he kind of panicked and booked it. So thankfully those children did not get killed, but they had to be in the house while, you know, their mother was being tortured and killed, which is just, I mean so scarring that has to be for for those kids now the second one that he did that year on december 8th 1977 he decided to again break into an apartment of a 25 year old girl nancy fox after he cut her phone lines and made sure she wasn't home so i think you know each time he's kind of like learning new I don't want to say tricks, but, you know, new tactics to go about it. Like, he didn't like how the last girl's phone rang and panicked, so he made sure he cut this girl's phone lines, and he didn't like breaking into houses and then people were there when he wasn't expecting, so he made sure nobody was home. So he kind of was, like, building upon his own experience, um, and I hate to say it, but, like, getting more skillful at it, I guess. So when Nancy returned home from work... He confronted her, he handcuffed her, and he strangled her with a belt. And then again, after killing her, he masturbated. He stole her license, her driver's license as a memento. And then he tidied up the crime scene and later called police to report the murder from a downtown payphone. Like, which is so weird. He like wanted to like tell them like he was proud of it but he obviously didn't want to get caught still well he wants the celebrity part he wants the bundy the dahmer mm-hmm. the btk He's, killer he wants to be he wants the headlines he wants yeah total the total fame in a gross way not as a i'm a taylor swift way you yeah. know yeah exactly total narcissist total sociopath right there just wanting the recognition for it so twisted so the following year in february he actually sent a two-page letter to k-a-k-e tv claiming responsibility for both the vian and fox murders now after he did that dennis didn't kill again for another seven years so he waited like a really long time And during that time, he, I don't know, I mean, I'm not trying to give this guy any credit, literally at all, but like, it would seem like, oh, maybe he's trying to like, better his life or something, he's not killing, not that, not that he should be excused for the killing, let me clarify that, but he like, earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Wichita State University, which is kind of funny because criminal justice. The irony. It's like actually kind of makes me think he probably did that so that he could just learn even more about how to get away with murder. Murder, literally. They have a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Walk you through it. So, yeah. He also became an active member of Wichita's 
Christ Lutheran Church. And even at one point, he was elected president of the Congregations Council, which, like, yikes. Like, I'm sure they regret that decision after learning about what he did, but it's just so crazy. Just the, I don't know, the difference between his public appearance and what his private life was. Now, his daughter, Carrie, she would later describe him as a good father. You know, he was scout leader with his son's Boy Scout troop. He was just really involved with his kids. Um, So I'm sure for his kids that had to be quite a shock. I can't even imagine. I, I could you? Yeah, literally you can't. Like if someone said that my dad did all this, I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm living in a parallel universe because that's not that my dad would do that. Like, oh, I can't even fathom that. Like that's so messed up. So, the BTK killer came back. Um. Around April 27th, 1985. And this time he targeted 53-year-old Maureen Hedge, who lived just up the street from the Raider family. And as usual, he went back to his old ways. He broke into her home and he hid there when she came home with her boyfriend. After the boyfriend left and Hedge got into bed, Dennis jumped out of the darkness and strangled her with his bare hands. He then brought her body. This gets so freaking, ugh, I don't, I don't know. I still, he brought her nude body to Christ Lutheran Church where he posed her in various bondage positions and took photographs of her before burying her in a ditch. How twisted is that? He brought her to the church and put her in her dead body in bondage positions. I mean, I hear of like confessing your sins to Jesus Christ and God, but bringing the evidence with you, that's not quite what he meant. Yeah, I think that's a little too far. Like, um, trust me, he knows. Yeah, he knows what you're doing. He's well aware. Um, I don't think there's any coming back from what you've done. You probably won't be going through those gates. No, 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 no. Um, he'll deal with you later. I feel like that's just like also like a big F you, like to bring her to the church that you're like so involved in, apparently so passionate about. It's just like so sick. Um, now, Dennis, he changed his method of doing things, like the way that he did things, because on September 16th, 1986, uh, he decided to dress up as a telephone repairman, and he knocked on the door of 28-year-old Vicki Wedgerly. So sorry if I'm saying that wrong. But she let him in, and then he pulled a gun on her. Her two-year-old son, Brandon, was also in the home at that time. Um, Now, Dennis tried to tie her up, but she fought back. Sadly, though, he he ended up choking her with a nylon stocking. And then he took pictures of her corpse, and then he stole her car. Vicky's husband, Bill, claimed that he was driving when he saw a stranger behind the wheel of his wife's car before getting home and discovering her dead body on the floor. And that's so sad because, like, he probably drove past that car thinking, like, is that Vicky's car? Who is that? And then maybe he thought, like, maybe they just have the same car. And or then, panic just stricken and he right. raced home and and saw the his worst fear. Scene. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know well, why. Well, it sounds he's... like the the little boy was just left there then. Yeah, I, it didn't sound like he was killed. So Thank God for that. Right. Ugh, but I'm like why steal her car too? Like this guy's just asking to get caught. So the BTK, the BTK, the BTK killer's tenth and final victim was sixty-two-year-old Dolores E. Davis. 
Now, Dennis was on a Boy Scout camping trip on January 19th, 1991, when he said that he left something at home. But instead, he drove to Dolores' house and threw a concrete block through a plate glass window um, to gain entry into the home. After tying her up, he strangled her with a pair of pantyhose and he later hid her body underneath a bridge outside of town before returning to the Boy Scout trip. And on the 30th anniversary of the Otero murders, which if you remember that was the first family that he killed, um, so the 30th anniversary of all their deaths was in early 2004, and the Wichita Eagle ran a piece about the still unsolved case of the BTK killer. And soon after that, the newspaper received a letter from someone named Bill Thomas Kilman, which contained a photocopy of Vicki Wegler's driver's license and photos from the crime scene now this began a series of communications with local media and the police um which dennis ended up sending various pieces of evidence and autobiographical writings so like like you said he really wanted this to become a thing he wanted the fame he wanted the attention he wanted like people to see his like trophies so to speak, you know, of all of his, like, crimes that he did. So, now we get to the exciting part. How did Dennis Ritter get caught? Because um, thankfully, he did get caught. A lot of people don't, and it boils my blood that there are so many unsolved it cases. grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. Sorry, I'll go back to Family Guy. <laughs> yep, nope, really does. Um, But thankfully, this sick mofo justice was served on him so in february 2005 dennis sent police a message asking can i communicate with floppy disk and not be traced to a computer be honest <laughs> like what a freaking idiot like why did you send that to them he's like i just want like is, is this communication gonna work but i don't want you to know like where it's coming from <laughs> no no we can't trace it go ahead and send it <laughs> yeah so police responded as he asked, placing an ad in a local paper saying, Rex, it will be okay. On the floppy disk, which Dennis sent to Wichita's um, KSAS TV, and police were able to retrieve metadata from a deleted document that had been last modified by Dennis, now it said Dennis, on a computer at Christ Lutheran Church. So basically leading them to him at his church. This um, circumstantial evidence linked Dennis Rader to the BTK. Why can't I? I keep messing that up. The BTK murders. So police then secretly obtained his daughter's DNA from a recent pap smear. Which. Ew. <laughs> just, yeah, I, when I read that, I was like. What? That's just right off the clamp. I mean, I, yeah, I'm like that's kind of odd. And like, is that allowed? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that like, because it close those obviously her DNA closely matched the semen samples found at the various crime scenes and skin that was found under Vicky uh, Wegler's fingernails. So I, I'm glad that it ultimately like led them to him. But also, I'm like. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> just like let's just, not overthink it. Yeah, let's I just I won't overthink it. I'll just we'll be, just we'll just keep going. We'll just be thankful that he was caught. <laughs> so just after noon on February twenty fifth, two thousand and five, Dennis Rader was returning home for lunch from his job, which at this point he was a town compliance officer. And when he got home, he was surrounded by police and taken into custody. Police asked him if he knew why he was being arrested, and he replied, Oh, I have suspicions. Why? <laughs> oh, do you, Dennis? Do you? 
And Dennis eventually confessed to being the BTK killer. And he started sharing details of the killings and telling detectives where they could find evidence in his, quote, he called them, hidey holes. Um, Yeah. I'm sorry, the way you said hidey holes. I just (laughs) picture Wilson saying, hidey ho, neighbor. (laughs) And it's so wrong and it's so different, but... I, I, I can hear I can hear the similarity yeah <laughs> but yeah two different, very different things uh definitely not Wilson definitely different <laughs> but yeah his little hidey holes were scattered all throughout Wichita and he told them where they all were um and Wichita Kansas police lieutenant Ken Lodware he later said we couldn't shut him up like basically the guy was just giving them every single detail probably more than they were even asking he was feeding them so obviously he was caught red-handed he confessed he was like happy to confess like he was proud to like own this title um so yeah uh today you know Dennis Rader will get to his kind of like update of life since being arrested and caught but Uh, On June 27th, 2005, he pleaded guilty to 10 counts of first-degree murder, and he later received the maximum sentence of 10 consecutive life terms. And he is currently incarcerated at the Maximum Security El Dorado Correctional Facility near Wichita, where he is being held in solitary confinement for his own safety. He is allowed five one-hour periods per week out of his 80-square-foot cell. He was recently eyed as a person of interest in the investigation into the disappearance of 16-year-old Cynthia or Cindy Dawn Kinney, who went missing in 1976. However, Dennis said that he has an alibi for the day that she was last seen. And I kind of think, like, if he confessed proudly to all the other 10 murders he would probably do the same if he was involved so i'm thinking he probably wasn't involved in this one i mean who knows but you would think he would just own it as well um so dennis even told fox news digital the sheriff has what i call complete lack of solid evidence <laughs> which is funny because i'm like my dude you told them so much information like where is the lack of evidence Also, like, your DNA is all over that shit. Um, His daughter, Carrie, told the outlet that she doesn't believe her father was involved in Kinney's disappearance specifically. She says, well, while it is my hope and prayer this missing person cold case gets solved for the family and friends of Kinney, in no way do I believe my father is connected. And in fact, I believe he's telling the truth on this as he has done since 2005 on the 10 that he did commit, she explained. Which kind of is like what we were saying. We agree, like, he probably would, you know, um, say that he did it if he did. I mean, who knows? But that's where my brain goes. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. He was a twisted, weird mofo. And he did horrific, horrible things for, like, decades over time. Um, And he killed a lot of people. But I'm so glad that he was caught and he confessed and he's living hell in prison for the rest of his life. Like, there's no, he's not getting out. There's no getting out for him. And the fact that he's in solitary solitary confinement, like, all the time is, like, amazing. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. And I'm sure he's going, I mean, solitary confinement, like, people lose their minds. Oh, for sure. And the fact that he's always in it. He's got to be psychotic. Oh, because if they let him out in Gen Pop, he's done. Oh, my gosh. He's gone. He is gone. Yeah, for sure. Which, I mean, if I have to go get a cup of coffee for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know. Exactly. Right. Um, So, yeah, that was the sick and twisted story of Dennis Ratter. Um, That comes from Crime Museum, Oxygen News, and Wikipedia. But yeah, um, real gross man right there. Like, gross, twisted, just real fucked up. <laughs> you know how to pick them. I know, I really do. <laughs> no, that, all jokes aside, this is probably the more 
darker one we've done in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Definitely took a turn from last week's uh story. We told people we'd be back dark, and yeah. you delivered. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to do a complete 180 from last week's episode. Check it out if you didn't, by the way. We did uh, dumb criminal stories, so that one was definitely more on the light, fun side of the spectrum. Um, so, yeah. we And hopefully I will be here full time for the full episode. Um, yeah. My dog likes to lay on the bed with us when we talk. And I truly believe she laid on the cord and we didn't realize it. And it pulled it a little bit of it out from the microphone. The microphone still lit up because it lights up pretty colors. So it looked like it was recording, but apparently it was not. Um, so when I tell you the night before, Crystal's like, wah, wah, um, SOS, we have a problem. Yeah. I was like, fix it, girl. Fuck, no. Um, I told her just uh, give the best intro she could give, and by golly, she delivered. (laughs) Yeah, I went to go edit it, and I hit play, and then all of a sudden, it's just your voice being like, okay, and this next one is blah, 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 like whatever, and I'm like, what? And they, where's our 10 to 15 minute long intro? (laughs) Where did that go? And the first three stories, where did that go? So, needless to say, Phoebe did not make it through this episode. She's hanging out with a big sister right now. Yeah. She, uh, she's taking a break from the microphone this week, just in case. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it looks like our full episode recorded this time, so you guys will get the full intro with Lowe included in this one. (laughs) Um, we did try to look up some juicy scandalous annoying celebrity story to really dive into and again it's all the same people over and over um the only one that i kind of came up with was is ben affleck and j-lo gonna make it um i've been seeing a lot of turbulence with that marriage already and I mean, I love J-Lo. I do. She's my girl. I love her as an actress. I love her as a singer. She's beautiful. She's, um, I do hear the rumors that she's kind of like, can be kind of a B in real life. I'm hoping that's not true. I'm hoping it's just because she's got such a good work ethic and she's a hard worker. So maybe it gets a little confused. Um, Monica, if you're listening to this with Dax, please fast forward a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know on her show she calls Ben Affleck a good boy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite the good boy. Um, just I don't like the way he treated Jen Gardner. And, you know, if he's drinking again and he just... I could be totally wrong. I could be totally reading him wrong. But he always just looks shoveled and frumpy and grumpy. And he just doesn't always seem to be this... You know, like the happy-go-lucky, like the smiling, you know, Brad Pitt's and George Clooney's. Yeah, he seems... Like his BFF, Matt Damon, you know. Right. I just... um, He definitely gives off different vibes. For sure. Um, He's never really been my favorite cup of tea. Teach their own that do like him. I did like the one he did with Sandra Bullock. I think it was called Forces of Nature. Um, But, I don't know, just not really a huge fan. And I just feel like... They jumped into it way too soon. Um, I read a... I was listening to a podcast and they interviewed Jeter. That's who she broke up with, right? Yes. Jeter. Mm-hmm. Um, they were together for a while. And saying that he thought that they'd actually work it out and be back together. And mm-hmm. she kind of swooped into Ben like real quick. And, yeah. Um, but... Wonder if I don't know. Hopefully they it. figure it out. But my money is probably by the end of summer we're going to hear some... Uh, yeah. Because I always, well, there's smoke, there's fire. They, I, I'm sorry, and, but it usually tends to be what the tabloids hint at. Right. And it's hard to, like, speculate, obviously, when you're not in the marriage and you're not in behind their closed doors and, like, you don't really see their full-up marriage. But it is interesting, all the videos. I mean, their interactions with each other, like, seem very distant and, like, you're aggravated and like cold and and they like were supposed to buy a new house and they like went through like seven of them or something like that i heard on the radio like 
every time it came like to sign the papers or whatever, something would happen and they didn't. They would back out. So that's it's weird. like is somebody hesitant on Yeah. I don't know. But that's my annoyance celebrity story of the day. Sorry, this week was Ben Affleck. Yeah. But yeah, he they I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know that they will I don't know that I see them. You know, in it for the long haul. And blended families are hard. Trust me. Right. I get it. There's always extra parents, extra voices, extra saying. Blended families are, when it's step-parenting and co-parenting, is it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard because lots of opinions. Right. So, yeah, I'm sure that adds extra stress along with, you know, being some of the most famous people can't... uh can't make it any more peaceful for their relationship so you know when you put a perfectionist with someone who's just like yeah yeah that's gonna be hard yeah that's very true gotta be very different dynamics from both of them um yeah the only one that kind of has been popping up recently for me is this britney spears ai conspiracy if you look even if you type this in like on tiktok or something if you don't know what i'm talking about there are videos if you guys know the videos of Britney Spears, she posts of her, like, dancing and stuff, which there's a lot. But the more recent ones, people have slowed down. Like, they've made them go into extreme slow motion. And you can see, like, it's very clearly obvious that it's edited or, like, something. Or people are saying, like, someone's using an AI feature to make it look like it's Britney Spears and it's actually not her. Because when they do slow it down and she's doing these movements... Her face changes, like, very clearly. Her tattoos disappear. Yeah. Um, and I showed Crystal one today. She was talking in this very, like, what was it English or Australian yeah, or something? Some accent. Accent. It didn't even sound like her. Her voice was mm-hmm. way deeper. Brittany always had that southern kind of raspy, yes. light voice, like mm-hmm. wispy. And... Uh, it didn't even sound like her voice. But if you look at the room, it didn't look like what a Britney Spears bedroom would look no. like. It had a box fan on the like, table. Like, I could have that bedroom. It had a carpet, and then it had a rug on top of the carpet. The bed was a dismay, and there was, like I said, a, a box fan in the corner on yeah. her nightstand. It didn't look to me... Like a Britney Spears, it looked like like it could have been this bedroom. Like, like it didn't look like a millionaire's bedroom. It just looked like an average mm-hmm. bedroom. And I don't know, to me, when I think of Britney Spears, I think of everything being like pristine and shiny and right. Like the foyer of her home. Girly girl and, you know, yeah. very elegant. Yes. Yeah. Like, and that definitely wasn't. Yeah, so it's weird. It's like, is someone impersonating her? But it's also like there these videos are going on her main account. So like, what's going on? Like, who's doing this? Who's controlling it? Where is Britney Spears? You know, people are saying that her husband is shady, shady. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying they get weird vibes. I kind of said to Kay that I think that maybe this husband is also keeping the wedge between the sisters. Um, I don't know. Me and Kay both listened to Jamie Lynn Spears talk on... Call Her Daddy. Call Her Daddy. And I do want to say after listening to that, I did kind of reconsider what I said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it did make me kind of think, if she's telling the truth. No, right, it's, same. Um, but... She seemed genuine, I think, in that interview. She did. Um, I know there's always two sides to every right. story. Um, yeah. I hope they find their way back as sisters. Siblings are important. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially those two, both being girls and close and both having to go through the same stuff by the same dad and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. They should be there for each other. But yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like I said, I get kind of weird vibes from this husband. Obviously, Brittany has a type. And yeah, really unfortunately, I feel like these types are just, they see Britney as a gold mine. Like, yeah. I feel like they just see her as a ticket. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's sad because she's just, it's just her being used. Used by a lot of people that, sh- you know, she should feel safe and comfortable with. 
being herself. You know, she went through shit with her parents. She probably has a hard time trusting people. Mm -hmm. But you know who one of her BFFs is? And maybe her BFF can... Drew Barrymore? No. Oh. Can come and save her? Who? Paris Hilton. True. I love Paris Hilton. I do too. She was on the Dax thing. I just listened to her. Oh, I need to listen to that one. I've seen I will her. that tomorrow. I watched her documentary. She's got a new book coming out. I do want to read it when it comes out, if it's not out already. But she, she's very underrated. People think that she's just a simple life bimbo, and she's so much more. She, I think she's brilliant. She's got a genius IQ. Yeah. Literally. Like. She's got 19 different brands. She's. She's a genius. She's, and people think she's this stupid heiress, but that's how she. She's a genius for making people think that. Yeah. She got started, yes. Her parents owned the hotel. Right. And then they, she did Simple Life, and then she had to keep up the facade for you know tmz and on all these interviews and so she had to keep the voice and now that she's a woman and has a totally different voice and is very smart and is very businesswoman and a mother and a wife and nobody can see her in that light that's sad yeah yeah exactly but hopefully she's hot that's so hot so hot (laughs) that's hot Hopefully with all this new stuff coming out, like the documentary and the book and everything, and like her being on DAX, people will start to see. And I've seen her clips of her on different talk shows and stuff too. Like, hopefully people will start to realize, oh, the Paris Hilton that I think of in my mind isn't actually who she is. So Paris, go save your BFF, Brittany. Yeah, please. And and let us know if she's okay, because we're very interested. And a lot of people are very, very invested in this. As they, you know, as most people would, because it's, just weird the whole situation but thanks for hanging in again um glad we could do a real episode a full episode not that last week's wasn't real but some stuff got misplaced (laughs) um we will be back next week with another true crime story and hopefully soon we'll be able to get some movie ones in here for you my life has been a very busy uh disarray with these kids being in sports and school and Hashtag mom life. So my life will be lightening up here soon with Summer. And me and Crystal will be back on the movie train. Hell yeah, get me back on my list of movies I need to watch. Right, right. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening again. Yes, keep it real, keep it creepy. And we got to go. Stay creepy, y'all. Bye. Bye.